everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Rx. This is Shweta Kochi, one of your co-hosts. And today I have with me Elizabeth Juarez-Diaz, an MD-PhD candidate at WashU in St. Louis. Today we're going to be talking about step one. I know a lot of you guys are in the heat of step one dedicated right now. So we're going to go into that a little bit. I think the first question that you guys have all asked is, what did your study schedule look like? So Elizabeth, do you want to start off with talking about your study schedule and what it looked like roughly? Yeah, so I was studying about from eight to five. So I kind of like looked at it as like a work week. So I say from eight to five. And I would do most of most of my mornings, I would start off with UWorld blocks. So I started off with doing like 20 questions per block in the beginning. And then I would kind of review all of the UWorld questions that even the ones that I had gotten right. And I would go then afterwards, like in afternoon, after lunch, after like around 1 p.m., then I would just go back to kind of review the subjects that I had gotten wrong for that day. I would use some of the videos from Sketchy Micro and Sketchy Farm, as well as some of the content from First Day to kind of review things that I had missed or to kind of create flashcards that from things that I had repeatedly missed. So it was kind of a work day for me. So I would do that Monday to Friday. And then on Saturday, I would take a practice exam. And then I would uh, repeat that over. I would give myself Sunday off just to like relax and go to church and things like that. But then I would like start over on Monday and do do kind of like the same routine over the period of from January all the way to March. So about three months, I would be doing that. And towards the end, I was getting, instead of starting with uh, 20 block questions per world, I was doing more like 120 um, to 180 questions per morning. So I was just becoming way more efficient and, and faster and accurate. But it, it definitely still was like very mentally challenging, even if it was like 20 questions in the beginning or like 180 questions towards the end. I think that it was just like so much uh, mental pressure just because of like, you know, the uncertainty of of how how I was going to do, especially since step one became pass fail. Like I didn't really have a good metric of what that meant in terms of passing. So I was like very anxious. Yeah, for sure. I took step one scored because it was about two years ago that I took it. And I'll just say, I'm so glad they made a pass fail. That exam should not be scored. It was terrible studying for it. I think my length of time for dedicated, I finished my block six exams, which is my last block, middle of December, or maybe the first week of December. I'm not really remembering properly, but I gave myself two weeks off after those block six exams to really just take a break and like turn off my brain for a little bit. And then I came back two weeks later. So around like mid-December, second to last week of December is when I started. And then I went until the literal deadline. The deadline was February 28th to take the exam. And I think maybe like I took it like 27th or 26th. Like I literally like took it, took the whole time to study. I think my schedule also followed a routine much like yours, but I put it in a different way. So like my Monday through Friday would be like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And that was including 
Anki time. So like I would be done with everything by like 5 p.m. But like I would take from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. doing Anki, mainly because I had so many of these like reviews and everything. And I'm also pretty slow at Anki. (laughs) And then I would close my books as soon as 7 p.m. hit and I was done with Anki, I would be done for the day. Like I would go to the gym, I would have dinner, I would spend time with like friends and family or like whatever. Like if we're going out for dinner that night or something, like I would turn off my brain during that time period so that I would be giving it a break. Um, And then in the morning, I would wake up at like 5.30 or 6 a.m. to like have a good breakfast before I started. But I would do like two 40-question year-world blocks a day, so 80 questions in the morning, um, and then be done with that. Like if I wanted to give myself like a 20-minute break in between blocks, I would do that and then be done by like 12. And then from 12 to 1 would just be like a lunch break for me. And then from 1 to 5... I would be reviewing the questions um, and then going through like Pathoma, Sketchy or Boards and Beyond for just like certain subjects that I'm really like, I don't remember at all because they were blocked to like cardiology stuff and I haven't seen it in a while or it's just something I'm very weak at and I just need to watch those videos again. But I would try and stay away from passive learning for like a large chunk of time because passive learning doesn't really help as much as like actively like going through questions like in the active learning process. That's what I would do Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, I would take a practice exam, like whether it be like a UWorld self-assessment or like an NBME practice exam when I was about like a month or maybe like a month and a half out from the exam. Like what I what I did was I counted out the number of exam practice exams there were. And that's how many weeks previous from like the real exam that I started doing practice exams on Saturdays and then on Sunday I would review the exam so like Saturday I would only take it and I wouldn't do anything else after the exam I was done I was like taking a break like I'm turning off my brain I'm not doing anything else and then Sunday I would review it and then I would create like a a schedule like kind of like a a rough idea of like okay these are my weak points and these are the things that I need to focus on for this upcoming week ahead it definitely gets monotonous after some time. So give yourself like little breaks here and there or have like non-negotiables for what you want to include for every day. Like I made sure one of my non-negotiables was going to the gym at least three or four times a week because I didn't do that during my MCAT study period. And it really showed like my mental health suffered a lot. And I think my scores also suffered because of that. So I think with step one, like one of the biggest changes I wanted to make was making sure like I took care of my mental health. And so I went to the gym a lot more frequently. And every day I would do like one little thing that made me happy. And if that meant like having dinner with um, like a friend or like my roommate or something like that, like that would be something I would give myself as like a reward for getting through that day. Because even getting through one day of dedicated is such a big accomplishment. Yeah, honestly, I agree. I I didn't go to the gym pretty much um, until med school because I was not really big into sports or really big into being inside running. So I definitely started doing that during dedicated I started going to the gym every day after I was studying so I went about like six days a week pretty much the whole time during dedicated and I would go for two hours and that was like a huge support for me because I loved working out so I found that out when I started during dedicated and I kind of still have a similar routine now but it really did help me just be able to kind of de-stress for the day and get tired and like physically tired so I could go to sleep. 
for me, it was also kind of the main way for for me to de-stress for after like a really long day of U World and and onking and just like you know studying and looking at a computer all day. That's what I really took out of it. But um, also just like being in um, the same house with my family helped me a lot because my like my mom was able to kind of like understand what I was going through and she would help with like cooking and um, meal prep and things like that. So it was nice to be with my family during Dedicated. Um, I think that it was also nice for them to um, support me in the terms of like helping with everything, but also just like in the morning, grab coffee for me and things like that. So it just like those little things meant a lot. And it was just like, a huge support for me so those were like my two main things in terms of like mental health but also like I didn't uh, have any way to kind of deal with any of the external stress that I was having that time so I also started like going to see a therapist and I also started to take um, anti-anxiety medication so um, honestly I should have probably started before but dedicated was a time where I thought it would be the best way for me to get the most support in every aspect of my wellness so I started then but um, all these things kind of like helped me cope with what I was going through in terms of like all this mental stress of of dedicated and like passing and and just being successful but in the end like I think those habits really helped me just become more more like dedicated and more um like have more ownership of my wellness in the long run like I still have a lot of those things now even after step one and it just helps me do as as well as I can in in all aspects of like what I'm doing both in academia but also in terms of like my wellness outside of like research and, and medical school all the power to you for going to see a therapist and starting anti-anxiety meds because I didn't do that and I really like thinking back like I wish I did because going through step one dedicated there would be days where I would wake up literally drenched in sweat from like having a nightmare that I failed the exam or I got a really low score or something and um I would have literal panic attacks. I remember my first practice exam didn't go the way I wanted and so then the next practice exam that I took that next weekend I had this panic attack literally before the exam. I didn't know test anxiety. I never had test anxiety before this. So coming into this dedicated and having heart palpitations and your chest is racing and you're sweating and right before an exam, I would literally sit there for hours shaking, just couldn't even start the exam because of how nervous and anxious I was. And these are all things that people don't talk about and they don't realize they're not the only ones going through it. So I think it's worth talking about these things and saying, you know, I went through it too. And it was really hard for me as well. As I was going through dedicated, I definitely had moments where I was thinking, I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. I don't know why I'm going through this. At this point, I should just quit. I'm not good enough for this. I'm not going to get into residency, whatever. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that had these thoughts. And so I have so much respect for you for realizing this and being brave enough to ask for help and going and seeing a therapist and taking medication because I never did that. And I recommend that to everyone, even people that aren't going through these kinds of stressors or maybe not having a panic attacks. But I think it's worth it for everyone to go and see a therapist during this period because step one dedicated really does lead to burnout. If you 
if you let it, you know? I definitely agree with everything you just said. How many practice exams did you end up taking? So I ended up taking seven practice exams, all the uh, U-World exams, like both the U-World one and second practice exam, and then also the the NBME ones. Yeah, the NBME. So I took all five of the NBME exams. So I took them kind of in the beginning. I took a U-World one and a NBME one. And I was like freaking out because I did so poorly for my first practice exams. And I think that's when I like reached out to my counselor and I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm not cut out for medical school. Like I'm not um, going to pass this exam, which is like freaking out. So that's when I realized that I needed to like change the way I was studying. So in December, like I didn't talk about my study schedule for December because it wasn't like a good schedule at all but like in December I had been doing Anki and in doing like a lot of the first aid reading and I don't think that was very smart in terms of like I wouldn't do that again because looking back I think it was too much of passive learning like you mentioned earlier and it didn't really stick because I wasn't practicing it in any of the questions yet so um, when I like took my first practice exam that that had reflected in in how poorly I had done so that's when I like, like freaked out and, and like reached out to all my like academic counselors and and my like primary care and everyone about like what can I change and do differently to be successful I have like having real fear that I wasn't gonna be able to pass like was kind of like going through my head but after that, in January, I changed all of my like studying to be more of a set routine, like from eight to five every day, Monday to Saturday. And then taking like a practice exam every Saturday and then reviewing it back in Monday was kind of like my my new routine. And that helped me stay dedicated in, in terms of like not feeling burnout. Yeah, 100%. I like that you mentioned how when you didn't see the scores that you wanted or you didn't see that like the schedule was really conducive to you, you allowed yourself to switch over to a different schedule or change up your schedule into something better because I know that can be scary. And that's something I had to do a lot during Dedicated 2 is I had started off with a completely different schedule than what I ended up with. Something I always wish I did, and I know hindsight 2020, I wish I could take that last schedule that I ended with that was phenomenal and just had that the whole time. It started with that. You know, like you live and you learn, and now we know all the mistakes and we won't make those mistakes for step two, which is great. I also fell into this trap of passive learning a lot in the beginning because I was like, I don't know everything. That's why I'm not doing well on these questions because I don't know all the information. Truly, you are never going to know all of the information for step one. They're asking you to know the entire human body, everything that goes wrong with it and every way that you can possibly fix it. You cannot know that right now with the knowledge that you have with the number of years you've spent learning it, which is a measly like one and a half years or two years. That's nothing. So what you really need for step one is to learn how to take the exam. And the best way to learn how to take an exam is to do those questions that are geared toward that exam in the first place. One thing I would do differently would be less passive learning and more doing U-World from the very start, knowing, yes, I'm going to see low scores, but also knowing that U-World is a learning tool. Getting a 20% on U-World does not in any way 
reveal that you are not going to be a good doctor or you are going to fail this exam. In fact, a 20% on your world will probably teach you more than you getting an 80% on your world, having guessed on half of the questions and guessing right. By getting that 20%, now you're going through all of your missed questions and hopefully you're going through all the ones you got right as well, just to make sure your thought process was correct. But you're going through all these missed questions and you're teaching yourself all of the relevant information that's going to show up on your exam. And in that process, in that way, you're setting yourself up for success. It's okay to make all the mistakes in the world on your world when you're practicing. Just make sure you don't make that same mistake on the real exam. The only way you can do that is by reviewing the stuff that you've missed. So you make sure you don't miss it again. What did study breaks look like for you each day or like each week? Yeah, so I would take about two study breaks in the morning. So I would take maybe like a 10 or 15 minute break. And I would go and get coffee with a friend or I would go and get like a snack. And uh, I did that for for all the days like I was sitting inside the library at school. So it was easy for me to do that because my school has like a cafeteria and then also a coffee shop like right next to the library. It was really conducive for me to be doing all my studying in the library in in my university because I think that at first I was trying to do all my studying at home and it was too easy to take a break so I would take way too many breaks but when I was in the library I felt like you know I had a little bit more like social pressure to be more focused on like doing the UWorld questions without like pausing them or any of that and also like my academic advisor was like a floor above me so that was another reason to like try to do all of the things that I was doing and and make sure I was accountable in that way. Yeah. In terms of study breaks, I think having that morning, even if I woke up at like 5.30 or 6 a.m., which is like such an ungodly hour, it's normal now on clinical rotations. But um, waking up that early, even though I'm not starting until 7 or 7.30, I liked having that morning to myself where it was a very slow morning, making my coffee, listening to music, jamming out and stuff. That was a great start to my day. And when I didn't have that morning, it would always ruin my mental health for the rest of that day. So that's something I like to give myself. And then at night, going to the gym after I was done studying, that was something that was like a break for me where I would just turn off everything and just lift in the beginning of Dedicated, I studied at in DC in my apartment. And then after like a few weeks or like a certain amount of time, I think it was like at the end of December when my lease like ended anyway. And instead of starting a new lease, I was like, I'm just going to go home and stay with family so I could be with them. And like my mom would like cook lunches and dinners for me. And it was really nice that I didn't have to do that. That's like an extra thing I didn't have to do on Friday nights and stuff like I would get to spend time with like my little sister and my parents and just like have a movie night I don't think I ever gave myself full days off really because I know myself when I give myself a full day off there's no getting me back I'm not coming back the next day (laughs) and I know everyone's different yeah I would use my Sundays to go hiking and go to church because that was like another part of my wellness too like being outside And in the sun was like so beautiful, especially after having been like the whole week in a library without that many windows. So I really enjoyed my Sundays. And then I would also go to like church, you know, because that is very important to to my wellness as well. And I would get to see like my friends and have dinner afterwards with them. So my Sundays were kind of like a little 
peace and quiet and kind of like relaxation, which I don't regret giving myself that because I started that routine when I was studying for the MCAT and, and it really worked well for me. So I already knew that I needed a day out of the week to have a free day, uh, completely not related to studying. So I did that for step one and it really did help me out um, just to be kind of looking forward to the Sunday and also like feel like the Monday was like the start of my week I felt that that routine was really in terms of like balancing my studying with like my wellness was really a good balance for me but I honestly know that other people didn't take any days off so like that's also something that worked for other people so it's just like figuring out what works best I think for each each person and each one is like the the most important thing in the beginning because it took me a while to figure out like my study schedule like you had mentioned like I wish I would have had the schedule I had towards the end in the beginning then I would have probably spent less time studying for step one but it ended up working out that I took it in like March and I took three months and, and it worked out fine I ended up passing but in terms of like being able to maybe take a longer uh, a shorter time would have been beneficial for like my research and things like that yeah yeah for sure one last thing I want to bring up is like recently a bunch of people that are in dedicated right now have been asking like how is it that you were able to do 80 questions a day Monday through Friday not do any UWorld on the weekends and still finish all of it on time for uh, for taking the real exam. I realized like as I was talking to someone yesterday, I was giving advice. This year's people like that are studying for step one right now have a lot more questions than I had two years ago. And you definitely had a lot more questions last year than they had than I had. Um, and they have more than you. So like every year, like more and more questions are getting added on. So for me, doing 80 questions a day was enough. But I'm realizing like now for this year's uh, med students, they might have to be doing like 120 questions a day or like three blocks a day or maybe even four blocks a day in order to finish all of their UWorld on time. I took it scored. So for me, it was different in the sense that we have to finish all of our UWorld before the real exam. That's like a non-negotiable. How does that change with UWorld being pass-fail? Did you feel like you still needed to do, not UWorld, step one being pass-fail? Did you feel like you still needed to do all of your UWorld questions and be done with them before the real exam? Yeah, so that was a goal that I ended up having and that I was able to do. And I think that it was really important because even though it's step like step one is pass fail like the bar to pass is still relatively like challenging so it's not like I I wanted to do everything and anything I could to ensure that I was passing in all certainty so like doing all of UWorld was definitely one of those things um, but I actually started doing UWorld before dedicated so I would try to like align some of the question blocks during my organ system modules and I did some for like cardio and some for for neuro and I was able to get some questions done that way and also help like with my um, curriculum exams but what I ended up doing for dedicated is that I ended up like resetting all of my questions so I, I would start from like zero again but some of those questions that I had already done like I, I still remembered so I was able to do a lot more questions that way 
so that ended up helping me a lot because I didn't spend as much time reviewing all the questions for neuro because I had done like a lot of them during you know before during my like preclinicals um so in the end I was doing like 120 to 180 questions a day so I did think I, I was doing like three to four blocks a day and it's not very um I, I don't think it's very enjoyable but you can get to a point where at least for me it became a routine and it was something that I could mentally do and like I I had the the stamina to do it towards the end but in the beginning I started with 20 questions because I couldn't really do many more than that but after a while I, I think I built up like the the stamina um to be able to do way more questions and I think that helped me in the long run because a lot of my days ended up looking like I was taking like three to four blocks, almost kind of like a full length exam in a way. It felt like it. And when I took the real exam, like it felt, I don't want to say easy, but it felt like it felt manageable. So I wasn't, I wasn't exhausted at the end. And that's because I had built up like a, a routine to help me be okay with like studying reading and answering questions for for eight hours so um it's something that takes time to build up so I don't think that like you should start with 180 questions in the beginning of dedicated but if if you have the same goal as I did to get through all of you world on a shorter time period then maybe building up from 20 to like 40 questions to 120 and think and kind of like increasing to a limit of what you feel is right for you is probably a good idea if you want to get through all of you world I know some people that pass step one without doing all of you world and kudos to them but I'm not one of those people because I I just felt like I needed to do everything I could in terms of you world how did you know you were like what would you say is like a good percentage to be at for you world blocks let's say you're doing 40 question blocks like what percentage do you think is like safe to be at for like a, a pass because I know pass fail it's so hard to tell yeah so I started noticing that when I was like at 60 to 70 percent was when I was like towards the end and that's when I felt comfortable enough to take the exam uh, I know like my advisors mentioned that I should at least have the goal of 55 percent but I, I still felt like 55% was not like high enough for me. So I wanted to do so, like 60 to 70% and some question blocks um, like from 60 to 80% was kind of like what I felt towards the end when I was successful at like passing. So that's kind of like what I would say. I think anything lower than 50 is probably like something that someone is probably not ready so I would take more time to like kind of like tease out if you need to change your study schedule or if you need to find a different way to to study or resources to study from so that's kind of like what I would go off of okay gotcha yeah that makes sense when you did these practice NBMEs did they give you like a score range or did they just say pass or fail so the new uh, reporting system for them is that they give you a percentage of passing so um, they'll like predict that you have like a 60 or like 90 percent chance of passing if you take the exam within the next week so it kind of gives you more of like a predictive value they don't really 
tell you if they're gonna like get a pass or fail they just kind of tell you the percentage that you that you can probably pass towards the end the last two practice tests I had like a 70% prediction of passing within the next week so the first one it was like 70% I was like no I still I still need to study more so then the next week I took it and it was the same so I was like okay like I think I'm I'm like fully burned out. I really don't want to like study because I used all of you world already. So I just felt like I needed to take it or else I was not going to take it until after my PhD. So I went for it. And thankfully, I well, I'm very glad that I passed. But I obviously like knew that I just needed to take it before I, I like fully like gave up and, and just said, take this later. Yeah. For everyone watching and studying for step one right now, you guys are almost there. You are almost done. And I really hope this episode helps you a lot in terms of framing your mindset of like making sure you have your non-negotiables, you're taking good study breaks. And at the same time, like you are allowed to change up your study schedule and hopefully our advice on how our study schedules changed and what our study schedules even look like in the first place helps you guys as well. Yeah, best of luck to everyone that's going to take this in a couple of months or weeks coming up so just stick to it don't give up and make sure that you're taking care of yourself in terms of all wellness all mental health and if you need help and if you need a support system reach out definitely to the support system that at your your universities I think that that's something that sometimes we forget about but it's also a very important resource um, that we have a lot of people that want us to be successful and that are willing to help us get as um get as a, a way to find our success and whatever that looks for each of us so don't forget that you have a whole community behind you